Father, we thank you for your word. Come and speak to us this morning in the name of Jesus. Come and challenge us. Come and edify us. Come and make us see things new. Draw us closer to you and above all, bring glory to your son, Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. <coughs> Is it just me or, or do you also sometimes feel that children are much more exposed to sin than we were in our days? I mean, they get challenged on every aspect of their lives. Um, I mean, kids these days get exposed to things that at our age we didn't even know existed. I mean, now, now look at today's children. They have to, to, to deal with stuff like pornography. I mean, they just have to open social media and they're exposed to softcore porn in any way. They also have to deal with, with things like the temptation to be sexually active at a very, very young age. I mean, they also have to deal with things like to be constantly politically correct. Otherwise, the majority will gang up against them and bully them um, if they speak their mind too freely. Even, even with their faith in Jesus Christ, I have found that many young people would rather hide it and not get bullied because of their faith, their walk with Jesus. And it is like things are just getting worse and worse and worse uh, for our children growing up for generations to come. It's like their sin becomes worse. It seems like our children are becoming, are becoming less interested in serving the Lord. And if the church or the youth is not entertaining enough, like a club or, or whatever the world offers these kids these days, uh, according to them, then the church is not for them. But for grown-ups, it is like the upside-down world. Instead of the generations after us getting closer and closer to the Lord, understanding the Lord better, they are turning away and walking further and further away from, this, from the Lord. God to them sometimes seems to, to like someone who their parents can relate to and not them. Now, my question I pose to you is, but how did this happen? When did this all change, these things? Could it be because, oh, and, and another question would be is why did all these things happen? Could it be because they have taken out prayer in school? Could that be the, the reason why the generations after us are, uh, are having a less interest in God, less of an interest in God? Can it be because Christianity is not recognized by the government as a state religion anymore? Could that be the case? Maybe it's the church that's, that, that, that does not have dynamic youth programs anymore. Or simply, maybe it's parents that leaves the discipling of their children to the youth pastor, just the youth leader, to the government, to blaming everyone that's not discipling their children, but not looking at discipling their children themselves. Perhaps. That's the case. So why don't you this morning walk with me through the book of Judges chapter 2. And let's see how God answers these questions through his word. So what happened in, jo in Joshua was, I'm not going to read through the whole chapter 2. I'm just going to refer to a few passages, but it will be on the screen so you don't have to worry. But, but after Joshua died, a whole generation grew up without knowing God. 
God raised a judge and every time a judge dies, the Israelite would black backslide. So what happened is when God raised the judge, they would follow uh, and they would come to Christ again. But every time the judge died, they would backslide and then they would um, be much worse off than the generation before them. So let's look at the first answer to these questions. How, when, who made this change? How did all these, uh, these questions that are asked in the introduction? Let's look at what the, the answer could be out of Judges chapter 2. So the first answer to the question of when did it change, how did it change, etc. is this. The Israelites forgot where they came from. We see this in verse, chap, in verse 1 of Judges chapter 2. He says, The angel of the Lord went up to Gilgal to Bochim and said, I brought you out of Egypt and led you into the land I swore to give to your ancestors. I, I said, I will never break my covenant with you and you shall not make a covenant with the people of this land. But you shall break down their altars. Yet you have disobeyed me. Why have you done this? Now the angel of the Lord reminded the Israelites of what they have been forgetting. They forgot who have brought them out of Egypt and gave them the land they are currently in. They broke the covenant that they had with God all because of the things, all because that things were going so well with them in this new land that they forgot about the one who gave the land to them in the first place. But before we go more deep into that, there's something interesting happening here. Now, now, do we read anywhere else in the Bible of, 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 of angels um, making covenants with the people of Israel? An angel doesn't have the ability to do that. He doesn't have the authority to do that. Do we see angels reminding Israelites of their disobedience to him? Let's look at this phrase. He says, I brought you up out of Egypt and led you into the land I swore to give to your ancestors. I said, I will never break my covenant with you, yet you have disobeyed me. Why have you done this? Who do you think is the one speaking here at this moment? You've guessed it right. It is Jesus Christ that appeared to them and they referred to him as an angel of the Lord. So this is Jesus speaking to the nation of Israel in Judges chapter 2 himself. He is personally appearing before the nation of Israel, reminding them of where he brought them from. Asking them why they have not done what he had commanded them to do. It, had, it was because it had been going so well with them in the promised land that they forgot their need for God. And they forgot his track record in their lives. How easy it is it to forget God our relationship with Jesus Christ when things go well with us. When we eventually get what we've prayed for all these years. And now we, 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 we almost we fall into that trap thinking that we have arrived. And yet we forgot about the one who've made it possible all these years. We must remember that we were all sinners once before uh, we were saved. And we were busy with the most horrible things. And yet Jesus brought us out of sin into salvation jesus is here this morning reminding us that while things are going well 
while things were going well, do not forget the Lord your God who brought you out of this place. Let our hearts not become proud and we forget about the Lord our God who brought us out of Egypt, out of slavery. Remember, if he did it before, he can do it again because he is still the same yesterday, today and forever. So let us not forget about the Lord of God. Let us not allow our hearts to grow proud and arrogant because of the things we've, we've seen. But let's remember that what he did in the past, he can do it again. Let's not forget where he has brought us from. So that's the first point I would like you to remember. The second point is if we forget where God has brought us from, then the world around us will become a thorn in our flesh. Verse 3. And I've also said, I will not drive them out before you. They will become traps for you and their gods will become snares for you. So because they did not do what God has asked them to do, He said, drive them out, break down their altars, do this, do that. And they didn't, the Israelites didn't do that. As per the instructions of the Lord, these nations became a thorn in the flesh for the Israelites. It is as if they, they, everything they did made the Israelites stumble. Everything they did were pulling the Israelites further and further away from God. Because number one, they forgot where they came from. Number two, they didn't obey the Lord by breaking down all these altars and everything and and. And, 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 and so these guys were with their false gods and their false philosophies that sounds right. Came and they polluted the faith of the Israelites. Family, if you forget where Jesus has rescued you from. If you forget that, that, that you, are, you didn't come to salvation because of anything you did. But because of what Christ did. If we forget as believers about that. This world will ensnare us. This world will trap us. This world will catch us. This world will take us and pollute us and turn our faith around so much that we don't even realize that we have backslidden. This is an, uh, and, and the sad thing about this is it has a direct influence on our children. This, this thing applies to our children also. We are so impressed by sports and, and extracurricular achievements of our children. And we brag about it everywhere on Facebook, etc. Which is rightfully so. Which is fine. We can do that because our children make, our, make us proud. And yet we neglect the spiritual discipline of our children because it seems like we as parents are okay that our children are successful in the world but when it comes to their walk with God we are okay with lukewarmness with mediocrity because be, 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 because it, it is just what the world does and if this is how your household is then this world and its idols has ensnared you has trapped you don't be the parent that would rather have a worldly successful child, but the kid has lost his or her own soul because of success. To me, what my parents see as success is a relationship with Jesus Christ, not earning a lot of money. And maybe this is a lesson for parents out there. 
Perhaps that's something to consider. Where you bring it home to your children that success in life, the primary success in life is a relationship, a loving relationship with Jesus Christ. Everything else is secondary. It's not primary. It's secondary. If we don't do this, the same will happen to happen to our children that happened in Judges chapter 2, verse 10 to 13. They walked away from the way their fathers served the Lord. They walked away from the way their fathers served the Lord. Let's read quickly from uh, verses 10 and 11 in Judges chapter 2. After that whole generation had been gathered to their ancestors, another generation grew up who knew neither the Lord nor what He had done for Israel. Then the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord and served the Baals. After that whole generation of Israelites died, the following generation after that, meaning their children's children's children, grew up not knowing how the Lord their God brought their ancestors out of Egypt. The parents completely forgot about it and neglected to keep on reminding their children how God rescued them out of Egypt and kept them in the desert providing for all their needs until they were in the promised land and kept on providing for them. They forgot about that. Do your children know about the times you had to pray for God's provision? Otherwise, you would have not been able to make rent at the end of the month. Are your children aware of God's proven track record through your life and through your career? Do they know what kind of a person you were before you came to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ? Do they know how long and how hard people had to pray for you in order for you to come to the salvation of Jesus Christ and that it came at a price and it is your salvation is nothing that you ever take lightly? Do your children know your testimony of how you came to Jesus? Do they know the testimonies of God's provision in your life? Because if they don't know these things, how will they keep on revering Jesus Christ and the work He did on the cross so that we can have life eternally? They will have no point of reference when we as parents don't testify of God's goodness, and this means they will grow up not knowing the power of God in their personal lives. Kids need to know God's track record in their parents' lives. Verse 12 in Judges chapter 2, they forsook the Lord, the God, their ancestors, who had brought them out of Egypt. They followed and worshipped various gods of the people around them, their idols seemed more attractive to the nation of Israel than Israel's God. Because the previous generation did not testify of God's goodness to the generations to come. Uh, this is my fourth point. Listen to what verses 16 to 19 says in Judges chapter 2. The generation after them became worse. Then the Lord raised up judges who saved them out of the hands of these raiders. Yet they would not listen to their judges, but 
prostituted themselves to other gods and worshipped them. They quickly turned from the ways of their ancestors who had been obedient to the Lord's commands. Whenever the Lord raised up a judge for them, he was with the judge and saved them out of the hands of their enemies as long as the judge lived. For the Lord relented because of their groaning under those who oppressed and afflicted them. Verse 19. But when the judge died, the people returned to ways even more corrupt than those of their ancestors. Following other gods and serving and worshipping them, they refused to give up their evil practices and stubborn ways. Family, because the previous generation didn't preach to them, they got trapped, they got ensnared. This world became a thorn in their flesh and they didn't even realize. And this is not the, 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 what we want to leave the generation after us with. These judges were, so, were, were used to defeat the captives and to release the Israelites from their clutches. And God worked through them to steer the Israelites into repentance and reconciliation with God. So whenever the Lord raised up a judge for the Israelites, He would be with them. And when the judge died, they would backslide even worse than the previous generation. And they refused to give up on their evil practices. But my question again is, why are these things happening in our country and around the world? Why is it that our children's children who are very successful in this world, why do they not, why is there less and less interest in Christianity? Why are you struggling to get your teenagers sometimes uh, to, to, to get up and to join a church group or a youth group or join a ministry in church? Why do young people leave the church and their faith as soon as they leave their parents' houses, even though their parents were such devout believers? How do we avoid this generation as a church? How do we avoid this generation becoming worse and worse in their sin and becoming less and less interested in God when we are not here anymore? You see, the mistake that the Israelites made was that they left the Christian education of their children to the priests and the judges and the tribal leaders of their time. They took that responsibility and put it on them. I mean, it's the easiest thing to do is just to shift the responsibility on someone else. I mean, the youth pastor can do it. The youth leader can do it. It's their job anyway. They get paid to do that. They can do it. The, the, why haven't the, the, why have the government taken out uh, uh, the gospel out of schools. How, how, how is our children going to pray? Well, they're supposed to pray at home. In Bible times, when it came to the teaching of the children about, about God's goodness, about how God has walked with them in life and how God has saved the nation of Israel, it has always been done by the parents of their children. The, the, the judges and the priests of the, priests of the time only helped uh, the parents. But the primary discipling laid with the parents of those children. The onus was on them to educate their children in the values and the way they believe in when it comes to their God. And so here, God is giving the modern day 21st century parent a few commands that they need to keep in order to raise their children in a godly way that we don't look to the church or to the government or to the school to educate our children but that it starts at home 
I want to encourage single moms this morning. Perhaps the dad is absent. Perhaps the dad is in the household, but he's not in the life of the children or in the family. Perhaps you are divorced. Perhaps the dad died and went to be home with the Lord. And I want to encourage you this. I know many of you are in many different situations. Um, the dad of the kids might not even be an, uh, a believer. He might be an atheist or, or doesn't want anything to do with the kids. And you are struggling because you don't have a husband to help you raise these kids. I want to encourage you today, mom, look to Jesus as the author and the finisher of your faith. Look to Jesus to fulfill the role of a husband to you and a father to your children. He will be whatever you need. So don't fear for anything, but take courage because he had been with you all along. He's been walking with you all along. He's been talking with you all, all along. But open yourself up to more of him and less of you. I want to conclude this sermon with the words of Joshua chapter 24 verse 14. And may this be our slogan at Impact Church. For all the household members, for all the people in our household, may this be the slogan for our parents, for our children and their children and their children because they were part of Impact Church. And may this be the slogan of South Africa, Africa and the world. I want to conclude with the words of Joshua in chapter 24 verse 14. He says, Now therefore, and this is the command I give to you, Now therefore, fear the Lord and serve Him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that put away the gods that your father served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods your father served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Choose this day. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Let me pray for the parents out there. Father, I bring all the parents, future parents that is listening to this broadcast. Father, I pray, Lord, so many times parents don't have answers to questions, to things their children do. But I pray that by your mighty spirit, you would encourage, you would equip, you would empower our parents right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray that you would be with them. I pray that you would raise up parents, um, those people that don't even have children, that you would raise them up as parents to help parents parent. I pray that you would raise up godly parents, Lord. To, to, to help children uh, be godly children in the name of Jesus. Lord, we come against every spirit of fear, every insecurity that our parents might deal with in thinking that they are not good enough parents. We come against every lie of the enemy in the name of Jesus. I pray for the peace that surpasses all understanding. I pray that you would equip. I pray that your parents, that your presence would surround our parents right now in the name of Jesus. And I, Lord, I pray that our parents would be successful in raising the next generation up for Jesus 
Christ so that the generations after us would be closer and closer to Jesus. That there would be a, a peak in interest in Christianity after the next following generation to generation. And that our generations would not be further and further away from Jesus. I pray this and I ask in your precious name. I pray for our single parents. I pray that you would give them the strength and the faith that they would endure uh, whatever you are doing in their lives and the time that they are going through, that they would raise their children up as Christ followers. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen and amen and amen.